there's an awful lot of people out there who shudder at the thought of sales. Yeah. It's like, oh God, and it's kind of a dirty word. Everyone, although they're not a salesperson, has the capacity to upsell because the relationship leads to sales, right? That ability to communicate yeah. with people is absolutely critical. Welcome to this week's episode of 22 Minutes with myself, Lee Corden, and I'm delighted to be joined by David Poole, um, sales director of Sales Geek. So welcome, David, to the podcast. Thank you very much, Lee. Um, Lovely to be here. We, we, we actually spoke a couple of weeks ago, and I think we spoke on sales for about two hours. Mm-hmm. So to condense that into 22 minutes might be <laughs> yeah. a, bit, a bit of a challenge. Good luck. But, but we'll get there. But um, thanks for coming, David. And to start off, can you just kind of give us a bit of an introduction of where did, where's your journey that's led you to the kind of Sales Geek right now? Well, I could tell you the journey. It's it's not some deep, heartfelt, um, <laughs> you know, there was a shining light one day and I realized that sales was my future. The honest truth is I was working for FedEx, the uh, the logistics company, um, as a customer service agent. And from the break room, we could look out into the car park and we saw all these sales reps that all had company cars and I wanted <laughs> one of them. Um, so... Um, <laughs> That that was what motivated me. Me, me and a, me and a colleague both said, oh, "Could we do that?" And we were told of quite a few times, "No, that's not for you." Um, but yeah, that was the initial spark. And then I moved into a, a a telesales role for a couple of years, and then eventually got into that field sales role. And uh, yeah, had a little sales territory, and then a a bigger sales territory, then a national one. Then I stepped into training, became a manager, became a director, and, and really twenty-five years later, through. here I am. Wow. Yeah. So w- one thing you just said there, I think you're obviously motivated by the salespeople bringing the, the cars and, and what they got from that side of thing. On that kind of thought process, how important to being a salesman? And I'm in sales. You're in sales. How important is that? You know, the reward, the car, the the commission. The how important is that to being the best salesman that you can be. Do you think that? I think I think it really depends upon the person. So some people are what, what we used to call coin operated. You you put money in the top and performance comes out. That wasn't me so much. I I just found it quite easy. I got a job in a pub when I was 18. Um and I see it now. Both my kids work in bars. And I think that that ability to communicate yeah. with people is absolutely critical. And I would recommend anybody listening to this who's got teenage kids get them a job in either hospitality okay. restaurants bars because it's yeah, they'll yeah. learn so much about how to communicate with people um i just found it easy yeah I, once i started i found having dialogue with people easy and i always saw that selling isn't about tricking people it's yeah. about helping people yeah. right so if you think about what you guys do at 22 you're there to help people that yeah. have got a problem yeah. And selling is the same. You know, you, we are there to I find the people that have got a problem and whose problem will be solved by whatever it is that you sell. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I've just, I've, I just took to it like a duck to water, to be honest with you, and it, it never really felt like work. So you don't, do you kind of see yourself as a salesman or do you just, you're just communicating, and, you know? <laughs> I think I think there's a stigma the, behind salespeople, isn't there? Very much so. Yeah, yeah. Th- there is, and, and there's an awful lot of people out there who shudder at the thought of sales. Yeah. It's like, oh God, and it's kind of a dirty word. But um, and I get that because we probably have a reputation for being a bit overbearing and a bit overconfident and a bit too chatty. The really good salespeople are good listeners because yeah. um, they they pick up on what people's needs are and um, and then try and 
you know, resolve to, to fix that with, with a solution. Um, but I think more generally, um, I, I see myself as a sales leader. You know, in the 25, 26 years that I was working for big corporate, I probably was only in frontline sales for about seven or eight of that. Then I became a manager and, yeah. you know, ultimately it was more about leading groups of people to be successful. Something that we were talking about before, you have marketing and then sales and you know, the two aren't the same. They're very different. <laughs> um, how important do you think like LinkedIn networking, how important do you think that is to generating leads that obviously then convert into sales? Um, I think it's critical because whether we like it or not, we are we have programmed ourselves to look for social proof yeah. on pretty much everything. I wouldn't dream of going to a restaurant or booking a hotel or anything or, or you know, booking an electrician or a plumber yeah. or whatever without looking for the social proof online, which is a load of strangers pointing <laughs> at somebody saying, this guy's all right. Um, so I think that's absolutely essential. I, I can't imagine that there's any of my customers who have decided to use SalesGeek without having a look on our website, having a look on our socials, getting a sense and a feel. Um, and I think it's the same for your business as well. You know, um, so I think that that LinkedIn, um, all of the socials are, are, are really, really important. You can be a slave to it, which I'm not sure is the right thing to do, but equally. Every now and again, I encounter a business that doesn't have a footprint yeah. online, and it makes me suspicious. Um, in fact, very quick story. I found myself in Blackburn last year. My hotel reservation got messed up by me. Uh, <laughs> I turned up a day after I'd made the reservation. Um, looking around for a hotel today, and there's not an abundance of hotels in Blackburn. There's a Hilton on the outside of town, fully booked. Um, there was nothing else. Um, apart from this one hotel that was on booking.com and it had no reviews. So I Googled it, no footprint at all, <laughs> at all. And I was, I was stuck. I think it was about nine o'clock in the evening. I'd had three or four beers. I couldn't drive anywhere. So I had to book this hotel. So I booked it via booking.com and by pure chance they'd opened for business that day. Um, and, uh, so I went in. Fantastic experience, really nice people. I gave them a review and they were off and running and now their the rates have doubled. It's a really <laughs> good hotel. But I spent about an hour really not sure what to do. If this hotel had had three-star reviews, I'd have booked it yeah. because it had nothing. Yeah. It felt like a scam. Yeah. So I think that we're conditioned now to, to looking at that, looking for that social proof yeah. all the time. So I think I think it's really important. Yeah, and and you know, what's more important? Um, I think that they have to coexist <laughs> peacefully with each other. I, I've Sorry worked... for throwing in that. Good no, no, no. <laughs> I, it's it's one of my biggest bugbears is when I see salespeople um, blame marketing for their lack of success. Um, I think marketing's job is to help drive the strategy, the brand, you know, the meaning of the business. Um, and of course, marketing are also there to help, especially if you're looking at leads, they're there to help qualify leads. Now, for me, a marketing qualified lead is if we've got 10 doors to knock on, uh, is to try and identify which two or three are more likely to be productive. That's a qualified lead. Sales still have to sell. Um, and as soon as marketing figure out how to sell, I'm out of business because you won't need us anymore because you will put out a, an advert on socials. The customer will come and spend their money. 
yeah. sales are out of business. So honestly, I think that sales and marketing should be coexisting and holding hands yeah. at all times. Um, so I think they're critical for each other. For you in sales yourself, what, what does success look like for you? Uh, so from a sales geek perspective, our, our job is to help businesses realize their full revenue potential and to realize their objectives. And we do that in a number of ways. We, we will either train their sales team, we will lead and manage their sales team. Typically, we look to, to sort of step away from a business after a year or so because you know, we don't want to be in there full time. We want to be in there, get the plates spinning. Uh, show the business how to run their sales organization and then let them let them sort of ride on without stabilizers without stabilizers if you like um but we see time and again businesses that are um they've been created by an entrepreneur who's deeply passionate about what they do and that passion gets them so far but when the business starts to scale their ability to step up their sales effectiveness is curtailed by the fact that they're running a business as well, <laughs> or they don't let go. And so they hire salespeople, but actually they have a tendency to still be the yeah. sales person, the sales manager for that business. So if I give you an example, it's very common in um, professional services like lawyers, accountants, where the partner and founder is actually the sales force for that business. Yeah. And that's great. I'm not always convinced that's the best use of their time. Um, having the highest paid person in the business out there knocking yeah. doors, you're pressing the flesh. I think they should be mobilizing everybody in the business to do that. And we, we help we help businesses do that. About 80% of all employees have a revenue growth responsibility, even if the word sales is nowhere near their job title. Yeah, which I find that an absolute fascinating stat because... I think we had this conversation. I think you mentioned this stat to me probably a couple of months ago. And when you've got a growing business, it's so easy for 80% of your team to just feel like, well, you know, you're the sales guy, you've got a sales team. Yeah, can worry about that. Leave us to our own job. Yeah. Um, but ev everyone, although they're not a salesperson, has the capacity to upsell, build customer relations, all that generate, all that kind of support and customer relationship leads to sales right yeah absolutely and we've seen that even with taylor who runs this studio here you know i was outside earlier on i don't think he thought for a second when he started this that he was a salesperson but he was pitching this studio to a potential client it's a salesperson for this business yeah. um doesn't have the word sales anywhere near his job title uh, and he sat behind the camera now he's a salesperson and he's shaking his head going i'm not a salesperson but he's a salesperson yeah um, and it's the same for everybody else in your team. You know, all, all of your guys see potential opportunities for your clients to be helped more. And what's what's the best way to instill that into your team? Um, because I think, you know, it's very easy to say to someone that's, you know, got their own role, that's on the computer, perhaps whatever they're doing, to say, right, you're you're a salesperson for us. How, how, what's the best way to instill that into your team, to get that into their kind of, psyche that they should they should think about it and actively act upon it I, th I think it's about looking and listening so so first of all every employee should be familiar with everything that a business does so that you know, if you've got say a marketing analyst that works for 22 um whilst their job is to crunch numbers and look for trends and and maybe make recommendations they're going to see things in that data um that in the hands of somebody else in the company might be really interesting. And it's just to, to, to look and see. 
I am um, one of the things I always bang on about when I'm speaking to prospective clients or, or to, to, to customers that have salespeople is when you go and visit somebody, ask for a tour. You're shown around the business. When I came to visit you last time, yeah. you know, show me around what's going on here. And I saw things I wasn't expecting. Your business was bigger than I thought. It had more floors than I thought. It had, <laughs> it had a garden that nobody knows about. Um, but, you know, you, you see things with your eyes and ears and, and, and you learn things. And, it's, and then it's just having the common sense to, if you're not confident, to try and explore that opportunity. Tell somebody in the business who is. Yeah. You know, if every if every potential opportunity that went across the desk or across the, the the line of sight of your team made its way to you, you can do something with that. But as long as it's internalized, it's it's not yeah. really it's used really to man the beast. It's really interesting. But I think it's just about you know changing people's mindset. I think to that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and you know, don't try and turn non salespeople into salespeople, but maybe turn them into your scout. Yeah, yeah. who's out there. Yeah, yeah. Eyes and ears, 100%. What advice would you give? You know, you've, you've talked about you know, in the third decade of sales. Um, what's your advice to you know anyone starting out in sales or people that are trying to develop a sales team in their business? What what, what advice would you give them? Um, that's, that's quite a... You know, no, no, no. no. I, it, you know, down the years, there's, there's three or four common things that, that you know, don't apply to everybody, but but if you could fix these things in everybody, life would be a lot easier. <clears throat> and I think the first one is is curiosity. Yeah, you know, having a curious mind yeah. um, will lead you to ask questions. And if you ask questions, you will unearth pearls of useful information from your customers. You know what their future plans are, what they're trying to achieve, what their current challenges are. All of that stuff. Uh, gives you insight and enables you to ask further questions and it may not necessarily turn up a fantastic fantastic opportunity for this moment but maybe it's going to turn something up down the line yeah. you know um and i think the other thing i would say with salespeople, and this is a big generalization to make but it, i would say it applies to 60 70 percent of salespeople, is that as personalities we tend to be quite disorganized um we're very good at talking. We're very good at listening. Our planning, our admin. You know, I spend a lot of time working with businesses, driving CRM discipline, <laughs> CRM hygiene, um, and not not to use it as a micromanagement tool, but just to give us some insight. What's in the pipeline? What's yeah. going on? What do we need to do next? What are the trends? Why are we losing customers? You know, what are the reasons when we win a customer? Why are we winning? Now, that stuff's really, really useful but all too often it's in the salesperson's head yeah. and we need it somewhere we can see it. And CRM is often the best way to yeah. do that. So um, I've been called a micromanager in the past and I'm absolutely not, but equally um, there's there's real gold in that data. Well, the data uh, doesn't lie, does it? It, it, well, it shouldn't lie. Um, it can mislead, but, yeah. but you know, you can't do anything with it if you can't see it. Yeah. And so capturing that information is is really important. So finding a way that's not too onerous for people to, to input it, but also critically, so many businesses implement a CRM and think it's going to change their world. And it doesn't do anything if you don't put anything in. And critically, nobody will put anything in if somebody isn't looking at it. So you have to have yeah. somebody in the business who will say, oh, by the way, I noticed that you've got an appointment with X next week. Those little... 
uh, nips and tucks along the way that you have with people make people realize it's being looked at and that the information is valued and that motivates them to put it in. Yeah, and I suppose, you know, in our business, we have we have weekly sales meetings and we go through our CRM dashboard and, you know, and it's, what have we got this week? We've got a meeting with so-and-so, so-and-so. And it just makes it more, it brings it to life, doesn't it? It, makes you- it brings it to life. And it critically, it helps maintain a degree of momentum yeah. because not all of the opportunities that go into your CRM will be won. No. Um, but it's critical to acknowledge the ones that you haven't won haven't been won you move that to one side put it somewhere to be developed down the line you don't do that what you get is this ever-growing pipeline where everything looks great but half of it's dead so you know i always say that that you want to try and get one of two responses from your customers one is a yes which would be great but second best and it is still quite good is a no and a no allows you to move on yeah um, what you can't have and what most businesses have is a pipeline full of maybes. Mm. Maybe doesn't generate revenue. Yeah. It just hoovers up your time and your, your emotions. And you know, imagine I if think... every your weekly review, your sales meeting with your team, what you're actually doing is weeding out the maybes yeah. and turning them into yeses or noes. And that's, that's really interesting. That's great. I, think, I think sometimes with the maybes, you're just holding on to the small 1% that something can happen. Whereas yeah. actually, why, you know, why waste... Yeah, and every every salesperson will regale you with a tale where they said, oh, and this one, and I, my boss said to throw it away, and I persevered, <laughs> and eventually I signed this multi-million dollar account or whatever. And, and there's a bit of truth in that. And I always used to give my guys a bit of slack. I'd say, listen, I'll give you one or two joker cards where you can sit on it a bit longer than we already would because you've got to trust people's instincts. But what I would always say is if you – between now and next week, if you can't go and see or speak to that customer to move it forwards, it's an indication that they're not going to give you their time. And if they're not going to give you their time, it's an indication that it's probably dying. So for me, having the day you hope to close it by and between today and then a meeting scheduled is a really strong indicator that there's some kind of pulse in that opportunity. And if, uh, if you can't, if you go multiple weeks without seeing a prospective client, it's a pretty strong indication that they're, they're going to do something else. Yeah, and you've, you've mentioned on a number of occasions um, on this episode, listening is, is really important. And one thing that, that, that our sales team do is we'll, we're before a meeting, especially if it's like first, second kind of prospect meeting, we'll do our research, you know, LinkedIn, business research, as much research as we can background. And it kind of gives you an idea of how you want that meeting to go, right? And yeah. you put questions down of what you want to ask them. And it's very easy as a salesperson to channel vision kind of, I've got my agenda. I'm going to follow that agenda. I'm going to ask you these questions. No matter what you tell me, you yeah. know, this is what's going to happen. So would you say probably the most important part of a sales meeting is actually the listening? That, that's the most Yeah, the, the kind of, the of Pareto meeting. law comes in, you know, the 80-20, you should be doing 80% of the list, 80% of the dialogue should be listening. Yeah. Um, it, it's a fool's errand, I think, to try and flog somebody something that they don't want. So if you go in and say, I'm going to sell this person um, you know, a social media package and it turns out that they're a hardware store it might not be the yeah. right fit for them. You've got to listen to what a business needs, what the business's market is, what their existing customers look like, what they're trying to trying to achieve at time. So knowing what you know now from all of your experience, is there anything that you would do differently? Is, is there kind of anything you would change from, from, from the experience that you've had? Um, I think this this. Two answers to that. I think the the most difficult learning curve for me in my career was when was when I became a sales leader, 
um, I really naively assumed that everybody that worked for me skipped out of bed in the morning, whistling a merry tune and set off to go and work as hard as they could in the hours that they had with the talent that I had, that they had. That that wasn't the case. I inherited quite a demotivated team that hadn't been led very well. And, and we needed to move a few people on to change the tone uh, in that team. It took me about a year to suss that out. And I probably came close to, to um, maybe even losing my job at one point not not because I wasn't working hard, but I just wasn't being very clever in, uh, in terms of Seeing people. Warning signs. I was too trusting. Yeah. I was just really naive and really trusting, and I had to get toughened up. I had a very good uh, HR um, uh, HR support who kind of took me in hand, and I, I, I've bought them several beers <laughs> since to thank them for turning me around. In terms of with Sales Geek, um, yeah, and this might sound like an odd lesson, but. But we, we we launched Sales Geek in the Midlands at the start of last year, um, and uh, after a slowish start, we really got up and running towards the tail end of last year. Really busy, lots of work going on, and I thought I'd cracked it. And then I realised as we got into the start of year two that in the process of being so busy, we stopped filling our pipeline, which is you know, sales. 1.0 yeah and we should know this but um yeah fell into that trap so um no matter how busy we get now there is time specifically allocated in the working week for lead generation uh, filling the pipeline and um and making sure we keep the plates spinning because as soon as you stop putting fuel in the car you're going to run out of fuel at some point yes. and i knew it at the beginning but didn't stay as focused as i should have done so that that's I think the key thing that I've learned that might be useful to other people is um, that you've got to dedicate time in your week for putting fuel into the engine. Yeah, that's a really good piece of advice. And I suppose within sales, you know, it's quite easy to have self-doubt in terms of, you know, am I going to convert? Am I, am I good enough to get this sale? You know, especially if it's a big client. Um, how do you navigate self-doubt within your kind of, you know, your training and, and when you're actually selling yourself? How do you navigate that and how do you kind of try and get people over the line of, of converting self-doubt into a positive? Well, one of the one of the phrases that we use a lot at Sales Geek is imposter syndrome, um, which is interesting because there's about 25 of us nationally, all fantastic people, all incredibly talented, incredibly, incredibly experienced, who have seen it all and done it all. They've led you know, big organizations, massive blue chips, multi-million, and in some cases, multi-billion dollar revenue responsibilities. And then they they move into moving away from being an employee and, and working for themselves, as, as we all do. And you see the wobble. And it's happened to all of us. And we're very good at supporting each other. But that, that imposter syndrome, can I do this on my own? Can I apply all this stuff that I know into a business that I'm not necessarily on the payroll of? hits everybody at some point um and we you know, we we do find ourselves calling each other or whatsapping each other and saying oh, i need a hand and what they're really saying is i'm, I'm struggling yeah. um and it manifests itself in different ways but but we do act as a support network for each other but it's interesting that one of the things that i find myself doing a lot for my clients is exactly that for the business owners that yeah. i work with as well some of the best work that we do isn't in the sales geek playbook it's that kind of unplanned unstructured leaning against each other's doorway at the end of the evening 
you know, chewing the fat over things. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? Um, an awful lot of business owners and entrepreneurs have full of great ideas and they lack the confidence to do it. Um, and so they need a sounding board. Yeah. And so we find ourselves doing a lot of that for businesses. <laughs> you know, they're like, we want to do this. Okay, well, do it, do it. All right, okay. <laughs> um, and you know, it doesn't always work, but yeah. you know, you, you know, at, at some point you'll have tried things that worked and you tried things that didn't work and you learned from them, but you'll never learn anything unless you tried by starting. That sales geef have recently launched an app. Um, yeah. Do you want to kind of people for those listening? Do you want to give a bit more details yeah, on that? Sure. Yeah. So, so the Sales Geek Academy is is an online learning solution. Um, we we're great believers that educating your employees is a critical part. I know it's really big for you. Yeah, educating your team at at twenty two, and we feel the same way at Sales Geek. But we also are aware that training uh, uh, can be expensive. And so one of the things that we've done is we've taken all of our experience, all of our courses uh, and, and all of our sort of um, ability to impart that. And we've we've put it into an online solution, which you can look at by your desktop or by your phone. It's basically learning on demand. Um, and we've done that to kind of democratize sales education to our customers. because it, It's comparatively very inexpensive. You know, you, you can send people on. Uh, certified sales training courses and spend thousands on it but you know thousands would equip all of the people in your organization with change to spare so um yeah it's free to use there's content on there that's that's not behind the paywall so you can get a sense and a feel for it and um yeah it's it's just starting to take off now we spent a lot of time sat in this kind of environment recording content yeah. editing content ironing out the bloopers the blooper reel is golden <laughs> and very long um but we've got hours and hours yeah hundreds of hours of training in there at a very low cost and um yeah it's just yeah, a way for people to dip their toe in the water and 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 help their team members be more successful that sounds incredible to be able to just offer that as a you know for businesses and individuals to, to learn from and, and yeah yeah no absolutely absolutely and and it, it's um it the content in there is brilliant you know it's it the content in there is great and and you know it, it's useful for us as well because people will watch things and they want to go a bit deeper they'll pick up the phone and then yeah. we'll, we'll talk to them about other ways that we can help them as well um but yeah, it's all over our LinkedIn. It's kind of inescapable at the moment. We've had a big <laughs> social media blast on it and uh um yeah, if anybody wants to have a look at that, it's it's all over my LinkedIn. Profile. Yeah, so for those listening, do you want to just give, just let people know how they can find out more about you and SalesGeek? Do you want to just let people know how to find Yeah, out? sure. So so our, our website, salesgeek.co.uk, um, uh, we're very visible on LinkedIn. Um, and my LinkedIn is David Paul SalesGeek. Um, I don't think there's anybody else that you could find by mistake with that. <laughs> Um, obviously, I'm based in in the Midlands, uh, um, but there's there, there are sales geeks all over the place, um, and um, yeah, you know we 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 have a really nice national reach. Uh, we're doing a lot more work internationally now, which is which is really cool as well. I thought my days of getting on planes to go to work were behind me, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we've been doing some work in Germany and uh, in Ireland and Saudi Arabia as well in the last. Uh, the last six months so but yeah we're, we're, we're not that difficult to find if you if you put sales geek into uh, into google you will find us we're, we're our, our seo is pretty good <laughs> well 
David, thank you so much for coming on to this week's episode. Um, obviously, I think there's some absolute solid nuggets there that people can take away. And obviously, if you want to hear more about David and how he can help you or your business, then obviously you know how to to get in touch. So this we're just going to go into a final little feature for the episode, which we call LinkedIn and Linked Out. This okay. Is, it's basically just a, a sequence of questions, uh, just the first response that comes to your head. Boat sales or business sales? Business first? sales. Zoom in or in the room? In the room. Email or voice note? E- oh. Email. <laughs> oh, that's like a lot. Old school. <laughs> that is old school. Yeah, I, I actually disagree with that. <laughs> but, but yeah, email. Uh, thriving team or solo dream? Thriving team. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Productive in the morning or productive in the evening? Morning. Working from home or get me to Rome? Oh, get me to Rome. <laughs> Office radio or headphones? Headphones. Networking or more time working? Networking. More money or more holidays? More holidays. There we go. Those, those ones are, are relatively straightforward. Although I think you need to start doing voice notes. I just don't, I don't, I don't know. I'm just not a voice note user. And I think that's because I'm old, probably. <laughs> just put it on two speed. That's always interesting. Yeah. 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 I can imagine. 